Now, making his way to the podcast studio all the way from Sacramento, California, he eats, sleeps, and breathes pro wrestling. He is the best self-proclaimed pro wrestling analyst in the world. Wrestling is still real to him, and he is here to keep good wrestling alive. He is the host of Snug Wrestling Podcast, the one, the only, Edgar Avila. Hello again, everyone. It is me. It is I. It is your host of Snug Wrestling Podcast. My name is Edgar, and welcome back. This is episode 29, and we have SummerSlam is upon us, finally. And there's a lot of rumors and innuendo going around because of SummerSlam. A lot of people have been speculating and predicting some people may return on SummerSlam. A lot of names here that people have been talking about that can potentially return at SummerSlam. Some good names, some not so much, but just to name a few. People have been teasing that there's a chance that maybe Randy Orton might return. I've also seen the fans talking about a possibility of Nick Aldis, the former NWA champion and also former Impact talent, who recently was revealed that he had a back injury, but fans are pretty sure that that is just a cover-up for his potential potential WWE debut. Now, Nick Aldis, he hasn't been in WWE before, so this would be a first. If Nick Aldis were to debut in WWE, I think a lot of people would love that. Bobby Roode, he was also spotted in Detroit here recently, and perfect timing too, because SummerSlam is about to take place in Detroit, so coincidence? Mm, I think not. There's also some buzz about former NXT champion Kyrie Sane, who's rumored to return at SummerSlam to confront one of the women's champions, either Rhea Ripley or Asuka. A lot of the Bray Wyatt believers also, they are hoping to see the controversial Bray Wyatt. Some people love this guy, some people hate him. I guess that's the type of relationship Bray Wyatt has with the wrestling fans who either love him or you hate him. Now me personally, I'm on the fence. I don't completely hate him. I want to like Bray Wyatt, but it hasn't been that easy lately. If I had to choose, I would have to say either Randy Orton or Bobby Roode out of everyone but I guess we'll find out when we find out. Speaking of list of names there's been a lot of buzz because of that list that ESPN release of their top 30 wrestlers under the age of 30. Some very very interesting names were on this list and surprisingly they weren't wrong about too many of these names. I went down this list and most of the names on this list I could really agree with. For example example number one mjf it's kind of hard to argue that right now especially with the momentum mjf has he's one of the top stars in aw he's one of the champions in aw and he's the highest rising star in all of wrestling this guy is what 24 25 years old and he's killing it right now we got number two and i'm not gonna go over all 30 names so number two we have rhea ripley the women's champion can't argue with that either when it comes to the women's division 
Rhea Ripley, she's just killing it. And number three, Austin Theory, another one of my favorites. I think that that's pretty fair. Austin Theory, he's a future main event star in WWE. Right now, he's one of my favorite US champions ever, probably the best US champion ever. So I can't argue with that. Austin Theory got number three. Number four, we got Hijo del Vikingo. Now that took a rough turn there. We went from MJF, Rhea Ripley to Hijo del Vikingo. I'm not sure how they got that, but we got Dom Mysterio as number five. Now, if it was my list, I would definitely put Dom Mysterio before Hijo del Vikingo, but that's just me. Number six, we got Braun Breaker. Holy shit. So Hijo del Vikingo, according to ESPN, is better than Braun Breaker? I don't know about that. Number seven, Carmelo Hayes. Number eight, Takeshka. Number nine, Liv Morgan. And number 10, Logan Paul. But we got no Isla Dragunov in the top 10. I would have put Isla Dragunov before Carmelo Hayes or Hijo del Vikingo. But Isla Dragunov actually ended up getting number 26 out of the 30. Which is crazy to me because Wheeler Yuta got number 20 and Bandito got number 18. So the first top 10, I mostly can agree on. But the rest, I think ESPN needs to uh, go back and revise this list because if you're going to put Isla Dragunov number 26 and Bandito number 18 then I don't know something's wrong there well now that we got that out the way Friday Night Smackdown Friday Night Smackdown started off hot this week with L a night but before the la night segment it was announced that jay uso is gonna go one-on-one versus his little brother solo sokoa in the main event but this was a good way to start off the show la night he's one of the most over guys in the roster currently and he comes out and la night is promoting the 25 man battle royal on the titantron we have some of the guys that are going to be in the battle royal it doesn't show all 25 guys but there's some big names on this battle royal like The Miz, we have Karrion Cross, AJ Styles, and Santos Escobar. Wait a minute, wait a minute, hold up, hold up, slow down there. Santos Escobar is going to be in the 25-man battle royal, but he's also going up against Austin Theory for the United States Champion, so Santos Escobar is going to have a very, very busy night here at SummerSlam. Talk about working overtime, but LA Knight, he cuts a promo on his opponent of the night which is Sheamus or as LA Knight likes to refer to him the pasty goof he's also going to be in this 25 man battle royal and he's going to be facing LA Knight to start off the show and Sheamus last time I checked he's supposed to be the baby face but everyone is saying LA Knight and once the match starts some of the battle royal competitors come out including Santos Escobar everyone is standing outside of the ring looking on watching the Sheamus versus LA night and this kind of looks like a lumberjack match i haven't seen one of those in a really long time la knight and sheamus had a weird little spot in the top turnbuckle sheamus goes up to the top rope again now sheamus he's been doing this a lot lately this isn't really a typical sheamus thing to do la knight and sheamus 
a little bit too big to be up there. I don't know who they think they are, Rey Mysterio or something, but it was an awkward spot. They couldn't really get it together, and they both ended up falling to the floor. LA Knight ended up getting the win over Sheamus, but I can't tell who the baby faces or the heels are here. There was an afterbirth where all the guys outside of the ring, they all get into a brawl, but then the heels, they run off LA Knight, who I thought was also a heel, but the people are cheering for LA Knight, so I'm, is LA Knight a babyface? I'm guessing so, because Karrion Cross and Grayson Waller were trying to go after LA Knight and pointing at him and talking all kinds of trash to LA Knight. Up next, we have Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar. We have another video package, and this video package was really good. It explains everything from the beginning to the end, so where the saga begins, and then the saga ends at SummerSlam. We have some tag team actions, the Brawling Brutes versus the OC, the original club. The OC is back, people. We haven't seen them in a really long time. Last week, we saw Carl Anderson get squashed by Karrion Cross. So it looks like we're going to be seeing the original club here on a regular basis, which is good. The Brawling Brutes and the OC were having a pretty good tag team match, but then it was interrupted by the Street Profits. The Street Profits come out and they attack both teams and they're all dressed up in dress clothes. This looks like like a heel turn but the people are cheering for the street profits then bobby lashley comes out and congratulates the street profits so it looks like the street profits and bobby lashley have joined forces here and wwe has given the street profits a fresh coat of paint and the fans are popping big for the street profits and bobby lashley after taking out all four competitors the fans are cheering for this potentially new heel faction and we have a tribal combat history finally we're gonna get some explanation of what all of this means i've been asking for this if you guys have been tuning in in my previous episodes i was expecting something i was expecting an explanation as to what this all means the tribal combat why is it a no dq there was just so many holes here there were so many questions and it looks like we're finally about to get these questions answered the only thing that we know is that tribal combat means no disqualifications but why so paul Heyman, he cuts a promo and he's really putting this tribal combat thing over like this is a really serious situation this is a big deal and paul Heyman, he does a really good job of getting this over they show a brief video package and when i mean brief i mean really really short video package it barely explained anything but we got a pretty cool visual and we had images of high chief peter Mavia, rikisha she was in this video they were talking about the Ula Fala which is the red necklace that Roman Reigns wears and what it means and we also had the Wild Samoans Afa and Sika in this video now I've seen interviews and I've seen videos on the internet of Rikishi being asked like would you show up are you going to show up and Rikishi would just say like oh you know I can't really say anything and kind of got to keep it hush hush but I'm thinking Rikishi did in a little appearance on this video package what if Rikishi shows up at SummerSlam? I think that's very possible, especially with all of this that's going on with the bloodline right now. Maybe Rikishi is going to come out and assist his own son, Jay Uso. Or hell, maybe he might even come out and assist Roman Reigns. I don't know. Anything can happen in the WWE, pal. Jay ends up coming out, interrupting Paul Heyman, and he's all fired up. And he cuts a promo on Paul Heyman and basically tells Paul Heyman, I'm going to beat Roman. I'm going to be the new 
tribal chief. Solo Sokoa comes out and he's heated too. And Jay cuts a promo on Solo as well. Paul Heyman tries to have a side talk with Solo Sokoa to try to calm him down, but Solo orders Paul Heyman to get out of the ring, and he's never done that before. Little by little, Solo Sokoa he's starting to gain his voice here. We've seen him grab the mic a couple times here and there, but we've never seen him stand up to the wise man Paul Heyman. Is the next person to turn on Roman Reigns? I think the seeds are being planted there little by little. We have the best United States champion ever, Austin Theory, who has an interview, and he's ready for Santos Escobar at SummerSlam. And he's also ready for Cameron Grimes, who Austin Theory is going to face here in a singles match. And this is going to be a tune-up match before his big match at SummerSlam. Theory ended up getting the W, but man, it was a close call for the champ. Cameron Grimes ended up hitting his finisher very early into the match, but luckily the champ has some good ring awareness and manages to break the count by getting his foot on the ropes. However, it's not looking too good for Austin Theory. Cameron Grimes was in control most of this match, and let's not forget, Santos Escobar recently pinned Austin Theory clean in a one-on-one match previously, not that long ago. Santos Escobar, he's got some good momentum. Austin Theory, he's barely winning his matches, and he's been losing most of his recent matches, so we got a pretty good match in our hands coming up at SummerSlam, and Santos Escobar might actually pull it off. We have a video package by Asuka. Asuka, in this video package, she's training, hitting the punching bag, and saying this is a triple threat match. is not fair. She's beating Bianca. She's beating Charlotte. But Asuka is not worried because she has a plan. What does Asuka have up her sleeve? With those talks about Carrie Sane possibly coming back, I would not be surprised if she comes back and helps out Asuka in this triple threat match. The Grayson Waller effect. Grayson Waller, he has his talk show and he gets a big introduction and his guess for the Grayson Waller effect is the damage control. And as soon as I saw the damage control come out, the first thing I thought of, well, Shotzi, she's not that far away. But Eosky, she's not the main story here. Eosky and her Money in the Bank briefcase is secondary when it comes to Bailey and when it comes to Shotzi. All the attention is on Bailey and Shotzi's storyline with the hair. Bailey cut off Shotzi's hair. And there's also all those talks about the real reason why Shotzi shaved off her hair is because, unfortunately, Shotzi's sister has cancer, which is the real reason why Shotzi shaved her hair. So people care more about what's going on with Bailey and Shotzi than the actual Money in the Bank briefcase, unfortunately. Grayson Waller tries to ask Eosky a question, but Bailey doesn't let Eosky talk and answers for her. Then Shotzi comes out, and I take everything that I've said about Shotzi back because I thought this new thing that they were trying with Shotzi with her being this lunatic or with with her being this crazy person was going to be interesting it was going to be more serious but after seeing this segment I'm not buying it anymore I think it was the way that it was presented it was presented in a goofy segment like the Grayson Waller effect where everything's a joke and it's not really serious and then Shotzi comes out and she tries to act crazy but it 
it it's in a very comical goofy way so it didn't really come off as oh bailey she's really scared of shotzi bailey has a reason to be afraid of shotzi like for real shotzi lost her shit no this was just some more goofiness unfortunately the next match selena vega versus eo sky selena vega beat the future women's champion eo sky and i'm thinking fucking great eo sky they make her look like a goof again it just seems like eo sky is just in the shadow of bailey and she needs to get away from bailey and she needs to start getting these wins eo sky is the money in the bank winner potentially the future women's champion but put a little more respect on eo sky's name the main event jay uso versus solo sokoa this is a hot match and the reason i call it a hot match is because it's the opposite of a cold match this is a great main event this is relatable and i'm about to mark out right now and i think in each show i'm gonna start to have a segment where i'm going to mark out about something and this is the time where i'm gonna mark out right here because this match right here to me this is great booking at its finest because this match in the main event you have a relatable storyline that has to do with the main event at SummerSlam. there's history here these two are brothers and this makes perfect sense to have this match in the main event and i loved everything about this jay ends up hitting the big splash and beats his little brother solo sokoa as he should and he's looking good making his way into his big match versus roman reigns at SummerSlam. this was the friday night smackdown before SummerSlam, and compared to monday night raw this show was really fucking good and now i can't wait for SummerSlam. it's gonna be really good i hope you guys are excited for it i know i am too let me know what you guys think hit me up at snug wrestling thank you guys for listening and we'll talk soon